You're listening to Pipes, Pours, and Pals. I'm your pal Nate, and I'm here all alone in my basement. Your pal Justin is off enjoying his 15-year wedding anniversary with his lovely bride, Mrs. Codger. And um, my plan was last weekend to go record a session with Captain Kurt Keener. I did do that, but the problem was we were recording on our travel recorder. And I've never used this thing before. I didn't bring a headset. And, well, I'm not going to tell a real long story. So what happened was I went to Kirk's house. We went to his garage. We started smoking some pipes. I sat down with the, the, the travel recorder that we have, which I've never used in my entire life. I couldn't find my headset. Um... Before I went. So, we recorded there without being able to hear ourselves. We were in his open garage, recording, enjoying some pipes, some pours. He provided a delicious mead that he picked up from a local orchard, I think it was. So I got the recordings back to my place. Since I've never edited or done any of these things, I downloaded some software... I uploaded the recording to the software, and I, I started listening, and um, there's a lot of wind noise. Um, Captain Kirk, you couldn't hear him very well. I don't, think I, I don't think I had his mic turned up loud enough on uh, this little machine here. I didn't have a headset, so we didn't know. Um, and then also, the way I was holding the mic made it so that you hear that every breath I took literally every breath I took was entirely audible I don't know why my breath was so heavy and labored every time Kirk was trying to talk you just heard me going while he's talking. Now, I have a headset on in right now as I'm recording because I found my headset. So I can hear that stuff. But when we were recording his garage, I couldn't hear anything. Um, so I apologize to all of our listeners. I apologize to... Our pal Justin, I feel like I've failed him, and I apologize to Captain Kirk. I definitely didn't mean to waste anyone's time, but you know what? It wasn't a waste of time because we had a, we had a good time together. We literally just sat around, had a little bit of meat, had a couple of cups of delicious coffee from the Blue Lion. There's a Blue Lion roasting company close to um, Fort Wayne area. From my understanding, if you were to go online and check it out, you could order coffee from them. From my understanding, <laughs> the one that we had was called Captain's Blend, um, I think. Uh, I might have made that up. It was pretty delicious, to be honest with you. I had two or three cups of it. It was very good. Yeah, so the recording that I made was kind of garbage, and I literally spent... This is the even worst part. So I downloaded a software to, re to um, edit the recording, right? While um, I was editing, 
I saved it and I, I went to bed and I thought, you know, I'll finish this. I'll start this again at work the next day. So the, today I took my laptop and all everything I needed with me to work. I worked on some editing, just continued on from where I left off. Came home after work. My wife wasn't home yet. Neither was the baby. So I got to editing. And all in all, I probably spent about three hours between downloading the software, watching videos about how to use the software, and then editing for probably two and a half, two, two and a half hours. And then I realized that I wasn't doing something right. So every time that I left the program, it came back. It didn't save any of my changes. And I didn't realize that until um, about the three-hour mark this afternoon. Because I was going through and I was trying to cut out my heavy labored breathing from the recording the best of my ability because I thought what Kirk and I put together was it was good enough that I thought people would find it interesting so uh yeah then I realized that nothing I had done for the past two hours had meant anything hadn't been saved appropriately for some reason I guess I'll have to maybe learn how to actually use the software you know, I just watched a quick little video and I thought I had it figured out. But this is just me, I guess, A, saying I'm sorry to everybody. But B, I really appreciate Justin for what he does. Editing, the software that he uses, my computer would not let me download. So maybe the stuff he's using is a little bit easier Maybe he got he has like the soundboard that came with the software, so maybe he got some kind of a tutorial. I doubt it. He's a resourceful fellow. He probably just taught himself everything. But, um, yeah, he does a great job editing, and uh, I wouldn't mind giving this another shot once you know have some practice. I don't mind sharing the load. I don't have a problem with working, helping out a buddy, helping out a pal. You know, no reason he should do all the work all the time. But he's really good at it. And this just kind of showed me a little bit of light on uh, how it can be kind of an arduous task, I suppose. So kudos to Justin and all those other people that edit sound stuff. Because, um, yeah, I didn't enjoy it. Not going to lie. It wasn't, it wasn't a lot of fun. Although working for two hours and then losing all of that work probably tainted my feelings of the situation. So, you know, maybe I'll revisit it at some point. So anyway, I'm just sitting here in my basement and I am enjoying a delicious LaCroix sparkling water. This particular one is passion fruit. Naturally essenced. Nobody knows what that means. So we brought this up last week. And I look today, and I just want everyone to know, Peter Stokeby's Black Coffee is still on sale uh, from Pipes and Cigars. It's only $10 a pound. I have literally smoked nothing but black coffee from Peter Stokeby this entire week, every single morning. And actually out of the same pipe, every single day, it's been a uh, Peterson 
Donegal Rocky 150, and it is genuinely spectacular. When we were at, when I was at Kirk's, I let him smoke a bowl, gave him a bowl to try. He thoroughly enjoyed it, but it gave me the chance to really get a nice room note from it, and I was shocked by how incredible the room note is on this thing. So not only is the tin note good, not only do the flavors of every type of the tobacco and the, the flavoring on the tobacco really come through in the smoke, but the room note is genuinely heavenly. It is really, really fantastic. I cannot um, suggest this blend enough. Literally $10 a pound. You cannot find tobacco that cheap anywhere. I've never seen tobacco that cheap. It's ridiculous. And I know for a fact, just us mentioning it last week, I know of at least 15 pounds that they have sold, which I know in the grand scheme of things to pipes and cigars, that's you know, that's you know, a drop in the bucket, whatever. But I had several people reach out to me, and I'm sure, and to the podcast, and talk about how they ordered some. Had a couple people um, ask me if they bought some and didn't like it, if they could send me the rest, and I was like, 100%, yes, you can send me. <laughs> you can send me. If you don't like it, I'll even pay you for it. If you don't like it, I'll pay you the $10, and you can just send it to me. Anyway, yeah, so if you haven't thought about it, if you're if you're sitting on the fence a little bit, go ahead and just jump off the fence. Get yourself some black coffee, Peter Stokeby. You will not be remiss. I will say part of the deal is if you pay an extra $10, you get a Peter Stokeby like ceramic jar for your tobacco. The pictures are a little deceiving in my opinion. In my head, I thought, you know what? I'm going to pay an extra 10 bucks. I'm going to get a jar. I can put that pound in the jar. Be a perfect little storage spot for it. The jar is like a quart-sized jar. It's like 32 ounces, maybe. That's like at best. Um, I could, I, I don't think I could even fit a half a pound in there, to be honest. So, my personal opinion and suggestion is don't don't buy the ceramic jar. In my opinion, that's a waste of money. Ball jars are better. Ball jars are cheaper. Ball jars are life. So, anywho, yeah, Peter Stokely's black coffee, delicioso. If you haven't tried it yet, give it a whirl. Um, what else we got going on? Las Vegas Pipe Show is popping off this weekend. I have never in my life felt more FOMO than I have been feeling the last couple of days because so many people are already in Las Vegas. They're sending me pics. I've got text messages with pictures from people. I'm scrolling through Instagram and already seeing pics of people that I love hanging out together. Pictures of people getting ready to go. Pictures of people arriving in Las Vegas. And I am so jealous. It's going to be such a good time. I hope everyone that's going, I hope you all have a safe trip. Lots of pictures. Keep them coming. Love it. But, uh, yeah, it's. I know it's going to be a good time. Everybody's going to have a blast. Next year, I'm definitely, this is one that I'm definitely going to, Lord willing, in the creeks don't rise. I will be in Las Vegas next year for sure. But, um... 
I feel like if we add a pipe show every year, there's nothing wrong with that. Last year, we went to Mule Town and Chicago. This year, we went to Mule Town, Chicago, and Columbus. Next year, we'll do Mule Town, Chicago, Columbus, Las Vegas. The year after that, who knows, you know? The world is our oyster. Maybe we'll show up in New York. Maybe we'll go to Texas. I don't know. Maybe we won't do any of those things. It's hard to say, but super happy for everybody that's going to Las Vegas. I think it's like it's going to be a good time. Everybody's going to have fun. Just a friendly reminder, if you're in the area, October 21st, that's a Saturday. We're going to be starting around 1 p.m. I know some people will be there a little bit earlier than that. At... Um, Smoker's Choice in Brownsburg, Indiana. We're going to be having the first of many Indiana Pipe Club meetups. So Captain Kirk Keener is going to be there along with Nate King, the King of Pipes, myself, Justin, Russell Pickett, I believe Matt Stewart from uh, Fort Wayne. He's a listener and a friend. He's going to be probably there. He's planning on it anyway. I know several other people. Um, I've actually had a couple of people from out of state ask me a few questions that might be coming um so we'll see i think it's going to be no matter who shows up it's going to be a good time but if you're in the area around feel free to stop on by we're going to try to have a little bit of um like serious conversation because we do hope to grow and expand the pipe club the indiana pipe club so we'll kind of we're gonna have some conversations about structure and vision, that kind of stuff, and then also you know we'll be smoking lots of pipes and tobacco and having a good time. And the place serves beer too, which is fun. So that is again October twenty first at one p.m. If you guys ever have questions for Justin or myself, you can always feel free to reach out. Um, our you can reach the podcast at pipespoursandpals at gmail.com if you want to email us. On the old Instagrams, it's at pipespoursandpals if you want to reach the podcast. If you want to reach Justin, it's at thecoffeepotcodger. And if you want to reach myself, it's at Indiana Nate. So that being said, if you have any questions or you're curious about anything, you want to know my opinion or Justin's opinion, there's nothing we love more than sharing our opinions. Feel free to reach out. No question is too dumb. But I have a couple of dumb questions I thought I'd ask everybody. Um, I read recently a debate that was happening. I said recently. It was about three years ago. What are your guys' thoughts on washing ball jars? So when I looked this up, some people said that the ball jars are sterilized and sanitized at the factory and brought to you like ready to go and other people I saw said that you should always wash your ball jars out before you put tobacco in them so that's one thing I was I've been kind of curious about what other people do in that situation I've never asked I've literally never asked anyone but I've I've always wondered what other people do um and I'm gonna wait until I hear other answers before I say what I'm gonna do or what I do Honestly, I've done both. So any jar that I empty, I wash it out. I get a new lid. You can buy the lid separately, obviously. Just the the the, the flat part of the lid. 
you know, you don't need a new ring. But, um, yeah, all my tobacco is stored in, in you know, the two-piece top uh, ball jars or car jars. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious. I'm just curious what people will do. If you guys wash your ball jars out first or if you just pull them straight out the box to use them. I feel like I would be interested to know how many people actually wash them. That's, I guess, what I'm more curious about. One thing that I'm that I think about a lot is, you know, the, the overall state of the world. I feel like most men have, like, to an extent, I feel like most men have a apocalypse kind of fantasy. And I don't know if fantasy is the right word. But I can't be the only person that has daydreamed about what it would be like if, like, the government collapsed or if, you know, people started launching nukes and we all get set back to the Stone Age. In these scenarios, I feel like most of the time people just assume that they're going to be the ones that survive, which is a interesting assumption considering most people would die. A lot of times I kind of equate the fact that we're kind of out in the middle of Indiana and nobody would really bother bombing anywhere over here, really. I mean, I know we have the Newport Chemical Depot, which housed VX gas for years and years and years, but it's my understanding that that was all disposed of or taken to Colorado or something. So, sorry about that, Jim. But, um, yeah, so I think about if... If the government collapsed, or if the Walking Dead situation happened, the zombie apocalypse situation, and I was forced to bunker down, how long do I think this tobacco that I have would last me? That's that's where I'm going. That's that, that's a thought process I have. And then I think about if I only had the tobacco that I have now. And I was forced to be in an apocalyptic type situation where I'm not going to get any more tobacco. What order would I smoke my tobacco in? And I apologize if this isn't something anyone else has ever thought about, but maybe you should think about it because you never know what's going to happen. And I think it's important to be prepared and think ahead. So, I think that I would probably reserve the blends that I really, really like and smoke them very sparingly. Now, here's the twist to this. This is one thing that I think about, too. In that kind of a situation, I'm, I mean, undoubtedly, your life expectancy is going to drop exponentially. No more hospitals, no more care, you're literally surviving off the land and what you can forge or hunt, right? If you get the flu and it's a bad one, you could die. I mean, back in the olden days, people died from the flu literally all the time. It killed millions of people, right, over the decades, over the centuries. So you never know what's going to take you in these situations, we take things for granted now, like um, antibiotics and stuff like that. So anyway, would I rather smoke the good stuff 
while I'm alive and just try to live out the rest of my days smoking the good stuff? Or would I save the good stuff and smoke the bad stuff first? And I, I say bad stuff, but especially in that situation, there's no such thing as a bad tobacco. But even in the current situation, I don't think any of the tobaccos that I own are bad. There are some tobaccos that I prefer much, much more than other tobaccos. And to be honest, there are some tobaccos I just genuinely don't really care for. I know, um, like, Stanwell's Melange tobacco. I know some people, that's their daily smoker, and they absolutely love it. I'm not a fan. I opened a tin. I had a few bowls. I jarred that tin. I genuinely don't know if I'll ever smoke it again. But in Apocalypse, I might light up a bowl. You know what I mean? So I don't know if it'd be better to smoke. And again, it depends on the situation, I guess. Because are you in a place where you could smoke? Can zombies smell tobacco smoke? You want to be luring zombies to your location while you're enjoying a delicious pipe but if in this scenario you could smoke and it wouldn't be a problem um, I'm thinking I would probably smoke a really good tobacco that I enjoyed first thing in the morning almost like a celebration you wake up in the morning and you're still alive nothing murdered you in your sleep nothing ate you or killed you while you were in bed you wake up to live another day, let's celebrate that day with a delicious bowl of Escudo or a delicious bowl of Twist Flake or Bullseye Flake or Navy Flake. In this scenario, in, in my, my heart, flakes are pretty much the best tobaccos. I love a vapor. I love a vapor flake so much. Um, I know not everything I just said is a vapor, but Virginia's and Virginia Preaks, especially in flake form, Circle, squares, cuts, whatever. I love them. Even broken flakes. Um, that's the kind of stuff that I would savor. Wake up in the morning, have a bowl of a scudo. Go out and hunt for breakfast or, God willing, I'd have a chicken or two. Grab a couple of eggs, get the fire going. Have a couple of eggs. Uh, maybe have another smoke after breakfast, but that's when I would start dialing down. That's when I get the melange out or like the, you know, like freaking Cornell and Deal St. Nicholas or something that I'm not. I found out that if if a tobacco has a, a citrusy note to it, I'm it it to, so far it appears that I'm not a huge fan. I've had a couple of different, um, well, like Colt Blood Red Moon is a cherry flavored. I enjoy that. I love Devil's Holiday. It's a very fruity tobacco. Delicious, in my opinion. I love it. And there are some other tobaccos with some fruit in them that I do enjoy. But what I apparently don't really enjoy is citrus flavoring on tobacco. And I guess that makes sense because I don't really like citrus-flavored food. I will never drink a lime or lemon-flavored seltzer water or even an orange-flavored seltzer water. That is disgusting to me. I don't want anything to do with it. But pretty much everything else is fair game, and that's the same way with tobacco. Um, 
I would be willing to try, which I believe Stanwell's Melange has a um, an apricot topping on it, I think. Don't shoot me if I'm wrong about that, but that's why I thought I would really enjoy it. Back when I used to vape, I had a, like an apricot-flavored juice that I would vape. But anyway, but that's what I'm saying. I would have a good smoke in the morning, something that I really enjoyed. Then after breakfast, I'd probably have something I didn't care that much about, but I could still find enjoyment in. You know, you're going to find enjoyment in any moment of peace in this world, in this particular scenario. But then right after that, after after the breakfast smoke, that's when you got to get out there and get hunting, get to gathering, get to farming. If you got a little bit of land, you got some seeds going, you got to save it for the winter. You need to start building the shelters, fixing fences, mending fences, you know what I mean? There's work to be done around this post-apocalyptic world. So then eventually you're going to take a break for lunch. If you got time, again, I'm having a tobacco that's not like a favorite, but one that is decent, like Peterson Killarney. It's a decent tobacco. It's not bad. It's just not my favorite. Again, you're going to, if you were successful fishing or hunting or whatever, after lunch, you're going to bring home your catch, your your kill for the day, get it cleaned up, make sure the, the, the wife and the kids are doing okay, get to cooking dinner, maybe have a nice pipe while you're cooking dinner. At this point, it's going to be something that you might have a lot of that, uh, again, you don't, it's not like your go-to, but it's something that you enjoy. In my in this person, in this situation for me personally, it's probably going to be something like uh, Vulcan Sassini, a nice English flake to, f- to finish out around dinner time. And then in the evening in this situation, I say this is when you would celebrate the day. You're going to pick another tobacco that you would absolutely love and smoke that tobacco just to finish out the day. Like you smoke one at the beginning of the day to celebrate the fact that you made it through the night and you're not dead. Another day to live. That's worth a celebration. And then at the end of the day, before you go to bed, you made it through another day. You're alive. Your family's alive. If at any point someone dies during the day, you cannot have the celebratory smoke, even if it's a pet. You lose a chicken, no no good tobacco at the end of the night. This is a celebratory smoke. So in that situation, that's when I'm breaking out the plum pudding. Oh yeah, plum pudding is one of my absolute favorites. I have I have a bit of plum pudding. I don't have as much plum pudding as I have of other things, like my Virginias. But when it comes to cellars, I have this tendency when it comes to Englishes and aromatics, I build my cellar kind of wide. And this is something Kirk and I talked about when we recorded last Saturday that was unfortunately unusable due to my ignorance. But um, when it comes to aromatics and Englishes, I like to build my cellar wide. And when it comes to Virginias and Virginia Preaks, I build that cellar deep. I don't have a whole lot of Virginia and Virginia Preaks. Like, as far as uh, variety. But I have more Virginia and Virginia Preaks than any other thing. Um, I have, you know... You find a good bulk blend that you like. Like I've already mentioned Twist Flake a couple of times. I have a couple of pounds of Twist Flake. You know, like, I mean, you build that deep. Whereas with my Englishes and aromatics, I'm it's wide. So 
I do have several different Englishes to choose from, some of which I haven't tried, some of which I have tried. I know that I love them, but I haven't opened up a tin of my own yet. Like um, Presbyterian, I was gifted like a, maybe like a half a tin of Presbyterian a while back, and I genuinely love it. It's very, very good. It's a, it's a good, mild English. I personally think it's a good starter English if somebody's just kind of dipping their toe in the, the world of Englishes. Presbyterian is phenomenal. I have a couple of tins of that. I have a couple of tins of like early morning pipe, nightcap, quiet nights. One of my personal favorites came out last year at the Columbus Pipe Show, and it was called Curmudgeon on a Can, and it was made by GLPs for the show specifically, and it is incredible. I was able to get a couple more tins when I was in Columbus this last time, so I do have a few tins of that. That's the kind of stuff that I think is a good... Most of that I'm going to say for cold weather, but in the evening, after dinner, having a good English blend, I'm, those aren't going to last as long, and that's fine, but I'm going to smoke the ones I like first. Those midday smokes, the lunch smoke, the after breakfast smoke, that's when I'm going to smoke some of the questionable Englishes I have. Um, that's when I'm going to be smoking like the plum pudding with the bourbon barrel stave like i mean it's 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 good for what it is or the plum pudding special reserve it's not a bad tobacco it's just not plum pudding i love plum pudding anyway and people will argue with me about this obviously people have their own tastes about everything but i'm just genuinely curious i guess if people have ever had this kind of scenario before because i think about this way more than i should I, I think anytime I'm buying tobacco, I, I think about this thing. And honestly, it doesn't even have to be post-apocalyptic. The way that the government is moving in its weird attack on tobacco overall, there could be a reality where we end up like, you know, like Australia or some of these other like European countries where tobacco is so insanely expensive just because of the taxes. They actually just implemented a, like a 24% excise tax on Indiana. So now anytime I order any tobacco from any place and it's shipped to my house, they add on a huge tax. So I'm paying way more every time now. And so even that alone has me thinking like I should just start building deep. Just picking the, the blends that I like, that I know I like. And going deep with it. That's, I mean, so this doesn't have to be a post-apocalyptic scenario, but I guess I'm just curious what other people's ideas would be about this situation. Would you want to smoke the good blends until they're gone? You wake up in the morning, good blend. After breakfast, good blend. Lunch, good blend. You know what I mean? Like your favorite blend. Do you want to smoke all your favorite blends until they're all gone? Because, you, I mean, you could literally die at any moment in that scenario. So is it worth holding on and trying to savor those good blends? Or was it better off to just smoke them all right now? And honestly, that kind of makes me think about how, I mean, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. I have some blends I'm holding on to for special occasions or whatever. I don't know. Maybe I should just pop those open and smoke them. You know what I mean? Anyway, I'm just spitballing here. That's a scenario I think about a lot. I, would, um, I was just curious if other people think about it. 
And if you're still listening at this point, uh, I applaud you. Because I have been rambling, bud. So, yeah. I know this is a, a weird, unusual episode. I apologize for all of my ramblings. I just don't want to leave you all hanging, even though I messed up horribly. And I do, again, apologize to Kirk. Um, I apologize to everybody. I love you guys. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. We should be back to normal next week. Justin's coming back. And thank God, because I miss my buddy. Doing this by myself is weird. And I'm not good at editing. Have a great week, everyone. I didn't get the music for the show, so I'm going to play you out with my mouth.